0: What's the deal with cryptocurrency taxes and regulation? The April jobs report misses expectations and is Starbucks a buy? This is the running with the money podcast. Let's get into it. We're back on a beautiful Friday with the markets well in the green with the Dow Jones up 166 points, NASDAQ up 118, S&P 500 up 27, and the Rust 2K up 26. Meanwhile, the VIX, it's coming back down, currently down just about 6% this afternoon. Now, what is going on in the markets and why are the markets going up? Well, the April jobs report missed and you're probably saying, well, that's negative for the markets. Well, not too much. Um, In fact, it could be a net positive for the markets. So as you know, Last week, we were talking about these hedge funds. And these hedge funds, well, not last week, actually, just a few days ago. And these hedge funds were selling on these fears, these fears that the economy was coming back and recovering much quicker than expected. And they were selling on this non-farm payroll data that was released this morning. Um, They were fearing that this data was going to be too good and that it would imply greater inflation in the near term and that it would force the feds to, in essence, raise rates and start tightening much quicker than what they say they were planning to do. Um, Well, that turned out not to be the case. So you could see some of this green, specifically the NASDAQ, up 115 points today, probably because these job numbers weren't as good as expected, and therefore, the Fed is going to stick with their plan of keeping basically all of their stimulus on the economy, of continuing to stimulate the economy, um, buying those bonds that we talked about in the last episode continually um, for the next few months, if not the rest of this year. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. We also got Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on today, and she basically said the same thing. You know, the data wasn't tremendous. It represents um, a positive comeback, and it represents recovery, but it is not blowout numbers. And therefore, um, she is expecting in the future, the Fed to continue what they are doing, um, and that she, in essence, even made an argument, a slight argument for more stimulus, so I found that it bit be interesting. But digging into the numbers, the manufacturing industry lost jobs, construction didn't, um, but the biggest gainer when it came to jobs was the leisure and hospitality industry, which added 331,000 jobs throughout April. Now, digging into this data, um, payrolls increased by 266,000, so the country added 266,000 jobs. Um, And that is, well negative, actually, Um, that took the unemployment rate back up to 6.1%. Now, the estimates, this missed expectations big time. So the estimates, um, analysts and economists were expecting 1 million new jobs in April, and they were also expecting an unemployment rate decline to 5.8%. So they got the opposite reaction of that. And therefore, I think that's why you're seeing your NASDAQ bounce here, because possibly you're seeing some hedge funds get back in. This data wasn't as good as what they were fearing. Um, And therefore basically everyone's like okay the recovery is still on we're still going to get the stimulus out of the Fed um, this is not going to encourage tightening anytime soon and therefore um, we can put risk back on we can start buying and we don't have to worry about higher interest rates for quite a while because this recovery is slower than what it looked like um, so I think that is the reaction we are getting in the market today I think that's what's happening and that seems to be what's happening the data overall not bad definitely progress in the recovery but not amazing in fact kind of a dis- disappointment because the expectations were a million and we only got 266,000 so a big Time miss. Now, shifting into cryptocurrency taxes and regulation, this has been a big topic as Dogecoin has been going to the moon. You have Elon Musk coming on SNL here uh, this weekend, um, which a lot of Dogecoiners are expecting uh, big gains because of that SNL appearance in Elon Musk. But either way, this is bringing up really what everyone is wondering. What's going on with cryptocurrency taxes? What are the taxes looking like on cryptocurrency? How does that all work? And then regulations there's been a lot of talk out of the SEC about cryptocurrency regulation. So we're going to dig into this real quick. I know a lot of you, um, aside from stocks, are also in cryptocurrency, so this may be very helpful to you. So currently, according to the IRS, cryptocurrencies are, quote, property and not, quote, securities. And given this, they're an asset class. Cryptocurrency is an asset class. It is not a security, um, for instance, like a stock is, for instance, like Apple. So, how are you taxed on this? Well, it is basically the same way as anything else when it comes to investments. So, it's a capital gains tax rate, um, and that is the only way you are taxed on your cryptocurrency at the moment. So, if your holding term is less than a year, say you hold Bitcoin for less than a year, you trade it just like any stock, um, you're going to be taxed on those gains according to the capital gains tax rate. Um, now, also... If you hold it for over a year, if you continually hold, you're not going to be taxed on it until you sell. There are some rumors that you are taxed in the transaction, which according to sources, you can be taxed, can be taxed on a transaction. For instance, if you convert Bitcoin to Ethereum, you can be taxed on that transaction, but you cannot be taxed if you hold it. Um, in essence, it's just like stocks. Uh, it's just capital gains. You are only taxed when you sell, exit, and take profits. Um, so in essence, that's currently how taxes are are set up for it, looking to the future. Um, some of the rumors are that they're going to raise the or make a capital gains crypto rate. That's kind of the rumor um, currently stemming out of the market um, and out of the tax world. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. I expect that'd be a big negative impact on the cryptocurrency industry if that does occur. Now, the SEC is considering and they're definitely pushing for regulation. Now, right now, it's important to note that the SEC has no jurisdiction over cryptocurrency at all, legally. So for instance, they started to come after Elon Musk for his Dogecoin comments saying it was kind of market manipulation. And in essence, they can't do anything. Um, And that's why nothing really resulted from it. The SEC cannot go after um, currently anyone in the crypto space because they have no regulatory basis surrounding it. Um, So they couldn't go after you for manipulating, say the Dogecoin uh, market, which would be extremely hard given the sheer size of Dogecoin But um, in essence, no jurisdiction whatsoever the SEC does not have. It all falls back on Congress. The only way the SEC can get jurisdiction of the cryptocurrency market, which, by the way, is now over $2 trillion. um, The only way they can get jurisdiction is through Congress. And so far, Congress has been quite inactionable. So I wouldn't expect any uh, straight up regulation on cryptocurrency Anytime soon, maybe by the end of the year, possibly, but it seems to take uh, Congress quite a while to get anything done. So that is kind of my opinion on that. But the SEC said, quote, right now, these exchanges do not have a regulatory framework at the SEC or at our sister agency, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CTFC. Um, they went on to say, quote, right now, there's not a market regulator around these crypto exchanges and thus there's really no protection around fraud or manipulation. So in essence, the SEC is saying we have no control over cryptocurrency at the moment. We want control over it. Um, and if you are in the cryptocurrency industry markets, um, just know that we cannot go after manipulators or fraud. So if you get scammed or if you somehow get affected by fraud or manipulation, it falls back on you. We can't do anything about it. So that is one risk to cryptocurrency at the moment is some of the stuff is a bit shady. So you have to be careful. You have to definitely do your research. Um, But when it comes to taxes, pretty close to normal as does stocks. It just is simply taxed on capital gains. And when it comes to regulation, there's not much at all right now. Now, shifting out of cryptocurrency, we're going to shift into the biggest analyst calls of today. Now, there weren't many analyst calls today, but there were a few. Loop upgraded Roku to a buy from a hold. I agree with this. Um, I briefly went through Roku's numbers, and trust me, they were very strong numbers, stronger than what people expected. Um, Loop Capital also reiterated Amazon is a top pick, and I agree with this. As you know, I am a big Amazon um, follower. I think Amazon is definitely a buy. Um, if you actually take a look at Amazon and its performance, it's not performed well at all since those blowout earnings numbers that they delivered. And in fact, it's down today. It's down three points today. It's practically flat. It's still trading within that range of 3,500 down to about 2,900. Um, and I definitely do think that Amazon is a buy here. I think and I continue to think it's a buy under 3,500, but it's definitely a buy if you can get it under like 3,250. I really like it there. That's just under the mean of that range that it's been trading in for the past like eight, nine months. So it's definitely a solid name to hold for the long term. E-commerce is king and Amazon is the king of e-commerce. Now, some notable mentions when it comes to analyst calls. Rosenblatt reiterated Square is a top pick. Square delivered solid numbers as well yesterday. Definitely one to check out in the fintech space. Um, Also, if you're looking to get in the fintech, I really do like ARK's fintech ETF. They pretty much hold all the fintech leaders across the board in that ETF. And right now, it's trading at a pretty reasonable price to what it was a few months ago in the gross stock mania. Now, Stifle upgraded Etsy to a buy from a hole. Now, I believe Etsy was down on fears that in essence, um, user activity was slowing. Um, But I do think Etsy is a solid pick for the long term. I think they're one of those unique e-commerce plays that are going to continue to grow for quite a while now we have to talk about DraftKings the sports betting space because they just delivered ridiculously strong Q1 2021 numbers um, and I think that Wall Street is discounting these numbers I mean I take I took a look at these numbers okay just a few hours ago I dug through them all um, seeing how DraftKings is doing and the stock is down Um, in fact right now if you take a look at DraftKings it's currently down Darn near 5% on these numbers. So we're going to dig into them and see what Wall Street is discounting here. Um, And I think you're going to be surprised. So DraftKings reported a Q1 2021 revenues level of $312 million. That's an increase. Of 253% year over year. The Q1 2020 revenues level was $89 million. I mean, are you kidding me? A 253% increase in revenues and the stock is down. And that's, that's just the peak of the iceberg. So if we take a look, monthly unique players, MUPs, increased by 114% for the first quarter of 2021 over the first quarter of 2020. Now, on average, that means 1.5 million monthly unique um, players were on the platform or engaged with DraftKings each month. Now, the average revenue per MUP or the average revenue per monthly unique player increased by 48% to $61. So overall, we're getting a 114% increase in user base, and then we're getting a 48% increase in the revenue per user. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm not sure how they are discounting huge revenue growth, huge monthly unique player growth, and solid average revenue monthly unique player growth. I mean, solid numbers here so far out of DraftKings. Now, what was even more impressive is they raised their guidance. Yeah, that's right. DraftKings raised their guidance for full year 2021, now expecting revenues to fall within a range of one point zero five billion dollars to one point one five billion dollars, which is roughly sixty-three to seventy-nine percent user growth. Um not user growth, revenue growth on a year over year basis. Love to see it. Now, DraftKings is alive in just twelve states, and that is roughly twenty-five percent of the US population. States currently are a lot of states currently are introducing legislation to legalize online sports betting, and gambling. Um, now whether and when that happens, who knows, but a lot of states are legalizing it. New York is coming up here. New York city. That would be huge. Um, but overall, I, I find it intriguing that they are seeing this much growth in th- these big of numbers here, almost a billion dollars on full year revenue in just 12 states, in just 25% of the U.S. population. Well, imagine if they, once we get to 50% of the U.S. population, um, imagine once we get to 75% of the U.S. population in the future, because I do believe it will get there. State after state is legalizing it, and they're seeing it as an opportunity. Um, And I do believe that it is going to be legalized quite quickly across many other states. States over the next few years, this year, next year, and the year after. Um, I believe, in fact, um, they noted in their earnings report that there are a huge amount of states um, that are currently considering legalization. In fact, um, it says in the DraftKings earnings notes here, quote, in 2021, 25 state legislatures have introduced legislation to legalize mobile sports betting five state legislatures have introduced legislation to expand their existing sports wagering frameworks and one state legislature has introduced legislation to legalize sports betting limited to re- retail locations. So, I mean, already you have what? 25 state legislatures in 2021, um, putting legislation forward for sports betting, um, in you know, Imagine if just half of those approve online sports betting. Business is going to be big. So overall, these DraftKings numbers were quite solid. The only negative I saw was that the c- company continued to run a net loss. They ran a quite a large net loss, significantly bigger, then their net loss from Q1 2020, uh, Q1 2020. In fact, their net loss in Q1 2021 was more than double their net loss, um, in the previous quarter. So I wasn't too pleased with that. And also their adjusted EBITDA loss was also more than double their Q1 2020, EB, uh, adjusted EBITDA loss. So overall, the company's still running a loss. A lot of the cost in DraftKings coming from marketing expenses. They're kind of, and they are competing directly with Penn National, which is also a big and successful player. In the space, so overall, I do believe, and I see a bright future for DraftKings. Um, I think that the company will continue to grow, especially as many other states legalize it. I think that online sports betting um, will be legalized even more in the next five years. Um, and just imagine—I just want you to sit back and watch. Say another ten to fifteen percent of online to, of states legalized online sports betting. So will that'll bring the U.S. population count up to for legalization up to about. 35% to 40%. Um, the sheer size of business that will be gained for DraftKings through those legalizations will be huge. So DraftKings is definitely a solid one to bet on, I believe, in this space. I think that they are they are one of the leaders in the online sports betting space, um, and they are going to continue to be a leader. Management has done a solid job, and I don't expect that to stop anytime soon. Now, moving away from sports betting, we have to talk about one of the giants in the fast food beverage space, and that would be, well, you you guessed it, Starbucks. Now, what is going on with Starbucks? Well, this company, they have just outperformed the market when it comes to the stock in the past few months. In fact, in the past 12 months, they're up 508 I mean, crazy stuff. And they did that half of that time throughout COVID-19. So what's going on with Starbucks? Well, Starbucks is one of the best known coffee retailers and roasters in the world. with over 32,943 global stores and locations. Now, if we sift through Starbucks stock price, according to Treffis data, 56.4% of the stock price is based on the company operated store segment. Um, meanwhile, uh, the licensed store segment represents 33.5% of the stock price price. price and the CPG food services, and others segment represents just 10%. So overall, not a badly diversified stock price breakdown there. Now, throughout COVID-19, as we all know, Starbucks, they've been quite negatively affected. Um, during the COVID-19, people weren't going out as much, they weren't traveling to work, and therefore, they weren't stopping by Starbucks and grabbing their coffee. But COVID-19 also presented a lot of opportunities for Starbucks. It allowed Starbucks to introduce a lot of digital ordering features, similar to what um Chipotle did. And then now we are seeing those digital ordering features actually um be more efficient, increase business, and cut down on some expenses, which we like to see. Now, um, as I just said, Starbucks stock has performed well throughout the past year, rallying a strong 50. 50- Percent And on the flip side, Starbucks has been rather flat, though, on a year-to-date basis, moving just over 6% to the upside. So you could have an opportunity to get in on a long-term basis on a great name. So if we dig into the numbers, Starbucks beat Q2 2021 expectations when the EPS is $0.62. Cents, and that's better than the annual EPS consensus estimate of $0.53. Cents. On a year over year basis, EPS improved by 93.75%. Now, revenues improved as well, with Q2 revenues totaling 6.7 billion dollars, representing a solid 11. 11- Point two one percent increase on a year-over-year basis. For reference, the Q2 2020 revenues level was $6 bucks. So not bad revenues increases uh, there. Definitely no DraftKings with 253% growth, but 11.21% on a giant company in revenue growth is definitely a solid no. Now, shifting through revenues, the America segment delivered $4.6646 billion in revenues. That's up 8% year-over-year, while the international segment revenues totaled $1.6109 billion, which is up 42% year over year. So big time growth internationally. Now, if we break down sales, global comparable store sales increased by a strong, 15%, 15%, which was motivated by a significant 19% increase in the average ticket. Now, United States comparable store sales increased by 9% year-over-year, but here is where it gets good. China comparable store sales increased by 91% year-over-year. Now, given the increase in U.S. store sales, sales uh, leadership noted that U.S. sales have officially fully recovered. So not only have we gotten a full U.S. recovery in sales, but we have also gotten a 91% increase in China sales, which we love to see. China is going to be a big area of growth for Starbucks and it is a very positive note to see that their growth is obviously going quite well over there in China. Now, if we dig into the Americas segment, the segment turned out an operating income level of $905.3 million, and that is a strong 46% increase in operating income for the Americas segment. Now, the segment also delivered a stronger operating margin of 19.4%, which is a 510 basis points stronger than the Q2 2020 operating margin level for the Americas segment of 14.3%. Now, not only that, but if we round out the Americas segment, Starbucks saw a decline in store Store count by about one percent, bringing total America store count to eighteen thousand one hundred twenty locations. So you know, not amazing. Um, definitely a negative, a one percent decline in store count. But um, that's not necessarily um a huge negative because their locations internationally increased. So we're going to dig into that now. Shifting into the international segment, the segment turned out a solid operating income of two hundred fifty one point five million dollars. Um, and that is a big time improvement over the fifteen point four million operating income loss in Q2 of 2020. So they went from a sizable loss to a significant gain. Um, now, the segment also turned out a strong operating margin of 15.6%, and that is 1,700 basis points better than the negative 1.4% in Q2 of 2020 in the international segment. Now, international store count increased by 8% year over year as well, bringing international stores um, in the total of international stores to 14,800 in 23 locations. Love to see it. The numbers quite solid out of Starbucks. In management, they were very positive about these numbers. They said, quote, I am very pleased with our progress to date in late fiscal 2021 as our second... Quarter results demonstrated impressive momentum in the business with full sales recovery in the U.S., end quote, CEO Kevin Johnson said. Now, when it comes to guidance, that was solid as well, with management expecting full year 2021 revenues to total $28.5 billion to $29.3 billion in a -A -A GAAP operating margin to land within a range of 15 to 16% both improving now shifting into the balance sheet the numbers they need a bit of work with total debt of 14.6 billion dollars total liabilities of 36 billion dollars total assets of 28 billion dollars and a cash short short-term investments level of four billion dollars so overall their liabilities outweighing their assets not something i really like to see um so over the next few years few months if management can get that back in line that'll be definitely a net positive catalyst to the stock now on evaluation basis starbucks it definitely trades at a premium it gr- trades at a price to earnings of right around 136 times, a forward price to earnings of right around 31 times, a price to sales of five times, a price to cash flow of 32 times. Um, so overall, definitely trades at a premium, but you're getting a very strong company for that premium. Now, management, they've been effective with a return on invested capital of 4.85% and a return on assets of 3.57%. Now, given the earnings numbers, given the effective management, given the valuation, the analysts, they're quite bullish on Starbucks with a mean price target of $125.09 per share, and that's roughly a 10% upside from its current price point. Now, um, the high price target, $140 a share, the low price target, $104 per share. So just over a 22% gain um, from its current price if it hits that high price target in the next 12 months. Now, the big money is bullish as well with 67.5% of Starbucks being owned. By institutions. Top holders include the Vanguard Group, BlackRock Institutional Trust, and the State Street Global Advisors. Um, now, according to the six month charts, the MACD. Well, it's been moving slightly to the downside within a range of 1.57 down to 1.04. The big, uh also a big technical note, the RSI 51.37 and CCI negative 51.201, both of which are trending downward. So if the charts continue to trend to the downside, you could be getting a solid opportunity on a technical basis in the. Starbucks. Now, in short, Starbucks, ticker sign SBUX, for those of you who want to do more research indefinitely, I heavily encourage it. Um, it is a solid long term bet with recovering sales and a reliable management team. On the other hand, US location growth in the balance sheet could be improved in these uh, quarters and years come. Um, That's my opinion on Starbucks. Definitely a solid company. Definitely one to check out. Um, Definitely a name to hold in your portfolio and has a dividend. So it pays you to hold. I love to see it. Now, shifting out of all of the numbers, shifting out of today's biggest headlines, before we close out the show, let's take a look at the broader market and what opportunities are being presented. Today, the market is mostly green, but I see an Amazon that is down and has been trending down. I see a Salesforce that is down and has been trending down. I see a ServiceNow that is down and has been trending. Trending down. You're getting in the pattern here. A lot of very strong names are still down in the past few weeks, the past few months, and just delivered solid numbers. So Amazon falls into that category. JD.com falls into that category. CRM falls into that category. ServiceNow does as well. Also, Shopify not getting a huge bounce today. Definitely another one to take a look at. Square just delivered solid numbers but I do believe it's still a buy even though it's up 5% I think that name can continue to move to the upside, PayPal as well um, but overall I'm also seeing some weaker action in the banks which I think are going to do great throughout the next 6 to 12 months, so JP Morgan City, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, all solid banks to check out and don't forget Bank of America, but that is another completed episode of the Running With The Money podcast, thank you all for listening once again and I heavily encourage over the weekend, the weekend's are a great time to dig into stocks that you are interested in, in, names that you are interested in and might want to add to the portfolio. It's a good time to review the names in your portfolio and dig back into their financials and make sure that your thesis is still supported by the fundamentals. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Um, And I will see you on Monday to talk the market news, the latest headlines, and of course, what to buy and sell. See you then.